What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Verzi Effect podcast show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is again Monday, April 14th, 2014, and you guys are now listening to episode 155. That's right, putting out two today, guys. You're getting two Verzi Effects for the price of one, or actually no price because I do not charge my listeners anything. Although with the content and goods I give you, I should be at least getting 99 cents to a dollar an ep. Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, I got a great episode for you. Uh, back to uh, the regularly scheduled uh, TVE here. Uh, I had to put out part two of 154 uh, just because of some scheduling stuff, which I explained in the last one. So here we go, 155 and um, a lot of stuff to talk about. This weekend, after getting back from um, the West Coast, I flew from San Francisco, which I mentioned on the last podcast. I had a little, you know, um, little unacceptable on that plane, the people that wouldn't stand up. But there's actually more to that flight. So I'm going to start with that, and uh, we're going to talk about a bunch of things here. Okay, so anyway, I get back. I mean, I'm flying back, and after that whole bathroom shit, there was actually the first time ever where there was so much turbulence on the plane, or, or it, was, we, it was like 25, 30 minutes of like bumpy, rough air, to where the first time ever where I heard like flight attendants get in your seats, and like the flight attendants were sitting down, So and we're like mid-flight, and everybody's sitting because it was really, that was the first time that's happened. Didn't bother me that much just because I was tired and I've been on so many airplanes lately that like, you know, I've kind of seen that it's kind of par, you know, par for the course is, you know, in, in, in small increments of time, but not never that long. Here's what bothered me about the flight though. I haven't seen my family for a while and we're flying over New York and they say we're going to be on the ground in 25 minutes and 25 minutes goes by and we're circling and we're circling and we're circling and he gets on and says, oh, sorry, they kind of have us in a holding pattern. We had to make room for Air Force One and, um, you know, maybe another 10, 15 minutes. So we're just circling and circling and we're still up there and it's really annoying. I just wanted to go down and I keep looking at the time to destination and it kept changing and it was really fucking pissing me off. And then finally we landed, but it was just weird sitting there. And I was like, this fucking administration and government even bothers me when they're not trying to. I tweeted, I said, fucking Obama's probably going to do Wendy Williams. Fucking Obama. I swear to God, that guy, that guy has been on more television than fucking Justin Timberlake. That guy's got like Justin Timberlake credits this year. Um, anyway, so I landed and I got home and right I don't even go home. I go right from the airport to Levity Live where I was performing with my buddy, um, a friend of mine. Love this dude. He requested to work with me and I didn't think it was going to work out because I was out west. Um, but when I was in um, Canada, Steve Renazizi from the league, I believe he plays Kevin on the league. Um, great dude. Great comic, man. Such a good guy. Family guy. He's got a couple of kids uh, like I do. And uh, we just hit it off the first time we met. And um, I was in Canada with Burr. And Ren Azizi was like, hey, Verzi, man, I'm going to be over by you um, on this date. I'd love to have you open and uh, hang out and stuff. And um, I told him no. I couldn't do it because I thought I was going to be in Los Angeles. But I was actually able to fly back that day. And um, it happened to be a great weekend because Joe Matarese was um, 
supposed to be doing something and then he got bumped for something and so Matt Arise comes in and tapes some stuff and he does a couple of sets and uh, the host was uh, Megan Hanley uh, from New York so it was four of us on the show and it was just a great time great to hang with friends on the weekend and do shows so uh, thanks to Steve Renazizi and uh, great you know great crowds well Friday and two shows Friday and Sunday was great Saturday was weird. Saturday, uh, we all kind of just got angry, and I just like took out anger on the crowd. The more like people were weird and holding back, and I saw some women not liking some things that I was saying, like the more that I wanted them to hate me, and the more I went at them. It was just a defiant move, and it felt great. I'm not gonna lie, it felt great. There's nothing better. There's no feeling better than when uh, the crowd doesn't like you. And you basically say, fuck you, I don't like you either. And you go harder and you make them just sit there in their fucking, you know, oh my God, it's just phenomenal. Phenomenal feeling, you know, to just not, you know, not pandering to a crowd that sucks is one of the most liberating feelings ever. Um, so levity was fun. It was, <laughs> it was good. I went to the Red Robin next to it and I got, I guess it's called like the Red Royal Burger. Listen to this burger and do yourself a favor. It was one of the most delicious things. I mean, you could cry when you bite. I like eggs too, and I like sunny side up eggs. So this thing is a sunny side up egg and bacon and cheese melted on top of this burger with like the works on it. And you bite into it and it's just heaven. Oh my God, it was un. And I'm not a big time like Red Robin or that those type of food chains, but I got to tell you, Red Robin's um, burgers, not going to lie, go get that Royal with the egg and bacon on it and tell me it's not unbelievable. It was great. I was with my manager, shout out to David Kimowitz, and Kimowitz is saying, oh, they got great onion rings here. And uh, he didn't lie. He did not lie. I was, I, I was like, I can't eat this shit. It's all, and I ate one, and I was like, I'll eat these all day. Like I, I would, I would justifiably get fat eating these because they're. Those onion rings are so good. If my doctor was like, "What are you doing?" I would be like, "Bite this." I brought one for you. I brought before you judge. Just bite this and tell me. And he'd be like, "You know what? Let's let's go tonight after this physical." Um. So that was levity, and again, we tried to go to the movies, and that didn't work out. Um, but, oh, and I want to say, too, again, um, horrible to have to do this back-to-back podcast, but um, heard some other sad news about the passing of uh, another great comedian, um, Otto, from the ventriloquist of Otto and George. Uh, Otto Peterson, I believe his name is... Um, I think that's his last name, uh, forgive me if it's not, but Otto from Otto and George, the legendary comedian uh, who had a, you know, a nasty puppet, uh, George, which was um, one of the funniest things. I mean, um, he had passed away, I guess he passed away in his sleep. Rest in peace to him, Otto. Um, I got a chance to meet him once. I didn't perform with him. I met him. Um What's Mark Cooper from uh, Cooper and Tobin? Uh, Mark passed away too recently. Uh, just sad, man. People just fucking go. It's it's awful. But 
I'm Mark Cooper from the Coop and Tobin Show in WPDH upstate. Uh, years ago, he introduced me to him when I was like doing contests and I was an up and coming comic. And, you know, I just met him briefly, real quick. But um, so it was nothing. It was just hello, goodbye. But um, I remember going to Bananas and seeing that guy work. I've seen him work, I think, a couple of times. And it was just the funniest, funniest thing you'll see. You know, he plays like, you know, the straight, nice, polite guy. And the doll just plays this evil, cursing, fucking just brutal, unbelievable character. And it's, it's fall, literally, it's fall out of your seat funny. Like, I remember, like, people were just, like, crying of laughter. So funny. And, um, you know, he passed away. I don't know how old he is, but rest in peace to him. Another great, great, funny comedian, um, you know, gone too soon. So rest in peace to Otto from Otto and George. Um, all right. It's just, fuck, man, I hate doing that. You know, it's like, can we, I just want to, I want to be able to, not have to not have to do that sometimes um but anyway uh got some things that I want to talk about here uh, I got an unacceptable for the week but I'll get into that after we're going to talk a little masters golf because uh bubba did it again so we'll talk about that got a funny thing to talk about movies a funny observation that I was making in the green room at levity ren is easy and we were just having a great time talking about it so I'll definitely talk about that I uh, got some more plugs for you. I am going car shopping. I'm looking for a car. And I have been, I'll get into this for a second. I have been looking for a car probably like on and off for the past month and a half. Um, and I'm going to make a move and pull a trigger like in a in a week or so. But I just don't know how to do this. Like I don't know which car to get. You know, I know what I'd want to spend. I know the type of car. I'm a sedan guy. You know, I like luxury. I, here's what I like. I like luxury cruising. I don't need to speed and go fast like it's fucking, you know, fast and a furious or fucking need for speed. I, you know, I don't need to soup up a Civic. I don't want to do any stupid things like that. You know, put one of those wings on the back of it. I don't want to do that. I just want a nice cruising, just smooth ride, you know, big wheelbase sedan, four door sedan that's comfortable. It's got all the, you know, it's got all the bells and whistles with the sound and the technology. Doesn't struggle up a hill like some of these piece of shit four cylinders. I just had, but, but I might want to get a four cylinder because the four cylinder that I had, I got like an upgraded one with my Toyota, which was great. But then I went to, um, the, the Nissan Maxima, which is just a beast, like 300 horses, six cylinder. You just step on the gas and the thing is out. So I am having a hard time picking the car that I want. Um, you know, I don't know if I want to lease. I've been leasing for the past like seven, eight years. So I'm going to be doing the car shopping thing. But I'll tell you one thing I will not get people, and that is fucked at the dealership. I will not. Okay. I go for the throat, I tell them what I want and what I want to spend, and as soon as they come back with a penny more, I get up and I start to leave and I have these assholes call me. I will beat these assholes into submission. Understand that. People always say, people were telling me, oh, Verzi, I want you to go with me. If you want to buy a car, here's a tip. 
from me and the Verzi Effect podcast. I've said it before and I'll say it again. You figure out the car you want and what you want to spend. And you tell these people right to their face, I'm buying the fucking thing now. I will buy the car right now. Forget today. I will buy it right now. This is what I want. And I got these. For you new listeners, I'll tell the story again. Some of you guys might have heard it. But I got Nissan. I fucked Nissan right in the ass. And it was everything you'd hoped it would be. Okay, you got to understand. They have thousands of dollars to play with. Okay. They, they, they play a game. It's a, it, you know, I had an uncle who was a finance manager. My brother worked at Nissan for a while. I know how the game works. I know how it's played. And if you know it and you can counter it, you just kill these people. Kill them. Make them have to get a better deal after you because they lost money on you. Fuck them. Okay, they're still making money, but you can really, they don't make that much money off of new cars. They make it off of used cars. That's another lesson I learned. So here's what you do. You pick the car you want. You go to the dealership. You tell them what you want. Now, I did this at Nissan, and here's how it went down. I went to Nissan, and I said, this is what I want to pay. Now, my wife had already went to another Nissan dealership, and they gave her a deal. Okay, they gave her a deal. They, She said that it was this and that she was going to go and pick the car up and everything like that. So what I did was I went to another Nissan dealership because you got to play them against each other. Fuck them, okay? They don't—they're not loyal to you with the payments they give. They're always trying to upsell. Fuck you! Don't be ever—don't ever be loyal to a car dealership or a fucking salesman. Don't ever be loyal to them, okay? Because they're not—they're never going to be loyal to you no matter how much they smile. Oh, does your kid want a cookie? Yeah, your kid wants a cookie and milk. Yeah, no, sit down. They want a coloring book. They want a coloring book, and then you know you think because your kid's sitting there with a green crayon and a fucking milk all over his face that this place is great. Fuck those people. It's bullshit, okay? You go and you take them for everything that you could get them for, especially when it comes to a car payment. So I go to this other Nissan dealership, <laughs> and I go, look, I go, uh, here's the deal. My wife's getting this car. She's got to drive all the way out here to get it for this price. If you give it to me for this price or better, I'll buy it here. So the guy's like laughing at me, and he's like, hey, she doesn't have that price. I go, no, she's got that price. It's the greatest thing ever. So I go, all right. I got to walk out the door now. But I want you to know something. You lo- you're losing a sale here. You're-, you're losing a sale for the dealership. My wife's getting the price. So I go, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you the number of the other dealership, and you find out if that's the price she's getting. I leave. These guys were calling me back like an ex-girlfriend while I was eating sushi. I was eating sushi with my brother. These guys were calling me back like a scorned ex-girlfriend who knew she fucked up and wanted me back. It was poetic. Now I got two dealerships fighting over the thing and they know I'm going to buy and it was already one in the process. It was beautiful. It was, ugh. You got to do it. Just tell them. Tell them what you want. I go right in and I said, look, and this is the thing. One time I had respect. One dude at Toyota was great. I told him this and he went right back at me and he goes, all right, look, I'm going to do this once with you. I'm going to tell you what the price is going to be and that's it. And I go, fine. And I go, and if it matches and it didn't match and we both parted ways, he didn't care, I didn't care. And it was how you should do business. You know, it was, it was no finagling because plus he knew it was a Toyota guy, but he knew Toyotas are great. You know, I said this once and I'll say it again. 
other than Lexus, as far as sedans go, man, like I have a 2012 Nissan Maxima. The thing is almost 300 horsepower. Okay, it's a it's a 2012, so it pretty much has everything you could want in a car. Um, it's super fast. It's you know it's a six cylinder. It does suck on gas. And the car I had before it was a 2010 Toyota Camry. And hands down, every time I'll take the Camry over it. The Camry, the, and I had an upgraded like four cylinder. So it was one of those four cylinders that it did something where it didn't hesitate. It kind of just like snapped into gear. Like there was no like going up a hill and struggling. This thing was awesome. Every one of my friends who ever drove it or when we were on the road or something was like, it had the most comfortable seats. It was the smoothest ride ever. It was literally like, I'm not even kidding. It was literally like driving a Lexus, which it is. It is basically a Lexus without all the bells and whistles. And I heard the new Camry now, if you get like the 2014 Camry, they even upgraded that engine. So it's insane. But like that's, those are great cars. Now the thing is, I just don't know if I want to be in another, if I want to be in a, in a four cylinder after driving a car that you just step on the gas, you know. Infinities are great, but you know, you got it unless you lease. If you lease, you can get anything you want because every engine out there now, every engine, I don't give a shit what it is a Buick, a, a fucking Kia, anything like that. For two, three years, the engines are good. Problem is, the American cars shit the bed after three years. You know, like buying a Buick, like some of those Buicks are really nice, but I don't know if I want to buy a Buick. You know, if I'm going to buy something that I'm going to have, and I like to lease because I get tired of a car after a couple of years, but if I'm if I'm buying something, it's going to be Japanese. If I'm buying something, it's going to be a Toyota, a Lexus, you know, I mean, obviously, um, German is always great, but uh, yeah, I'm not buying a fucking, you know, I'm, I don't think I'm going to buy a Kia. I don't think I'm going to buy a, a Buick. You know, I had that Pontiac fucking 2007 truck. The engine on the windshield wipers went out during a pouring rainstorm with no shoulder. And I got my head out the window like fucking Ace Ventura. I can't, I'm not even kidding. I had to like get off the highway. It was insane. It was the scariest thing. It was really, like I went into, I freaked out on him. That was as scary as could be, man. But I'm going car shopping and uh, I just want to go in there and just, you know, just get... Get something awesome. I want to get something awesome and not have to worry about, you know, this, this shit. Because once the lease gets up and you got to worry about what, what car to get. I just want to get something. Now that I'm home and I'm not traveling, I want to get something good. Let me know if you guys got any good feedback on cars. Anybody out there, is, if you got a, uh, you know, any of these cars that I'm talking about. If you got a, a Lexus or if, you know, any kind of, you know, nice, luxurious four-door sedan. Let me know because I am definitely in the market. Um... All right, we gotta talk, I got to talk about this plane now. Uh, for you guys that know me, you know that I'm fascinated with aviation. I'm just fascinated with it. It's you know I'm scared of it. I'm fascinated with it. Um, I judge planes on how they take off. I judge planes on how they land. Certain models, like you know, my friends get a kick out of it. A lot of you listeners have told me that when I talk about my flights and how the plane takes off, you guys like Joe Matarese thinks I should do a podcast on just my takeoff and landing and how I judge airplanes. I have a great time with it because I, I'm you know, I'm fascinated by by I'm fascinated by the fact that you can just teleport, like you could just not teleport, but you could just transport yourself across the world in a matter of hours. I think it's incredible. Um, like the seven seventy sevens. Those planes, like they, 
they take off much easier. Like they just go up, they take off. You don't really feel it as much. And then some of the smaller planes, like the A320s, they they kind of like when during takeoff they go real fast and go up. I like the Embros. The smaller ones, those are the ones like that the football teams use. Those take off nice and smooth too. Those are like a little sports car. You know, I'm into all that shit. But I got to tell you, man, I think the media has really bamboozled everybody with this. Um, and I hope I'm wrong, but I got to be honest. With this Malaysia airline that they still haven't found, those poor people, those poor families are still not getting answers where their loved ones are. And I think... And I'm just going to put it out there. I, you know, people know something. I, I think that this is definitely some sort of either cover-up or, or something. I mean, it can be a very vague thing where it's like, yeah, maybe they did have word that it went down in the southern Indian Ocean. Um, which if the family members found that out, even though that's devastating, it would put some closure to it. But I think that something happened there. And I believe that... If they were going to find something, they were going to find something. I mean, again, I was on a 777 plane to Italy, okay, with 300-something people. You mean to tell me you can't find a fucking book bag? You can't find the amount of people? Think about this for a second, okay? You're in an airplane that's carrying... First of all, 777 is gigantic. It's a gigantic aircraft. There's only a certain radius that plane could have been with the fuel that it had, period. You can literally figure out how much fuel it had, and where it could have gone. In any direction. North, south, southwest, east, any any direction you could have figured it out where it would be. Now, you want to say the, the, Indi, the, the Indian Ocean gets so rough at night it took everything down and there's nothing there. Okay, but you're talking about if 300 people or 200 people can bring a carry-on, I mean, you know, yeah, a carry-on and a book bag. Think about the amount you're talking, you're talking... 200 times fucking over 200, 220, let's say, times two things that are on the plane, not to mention all the baggage out there. You mean to tell me nothing? And then they're saying it's in the southern part. And then they're saying it's in the northern part. Oh, maybe it was going a little faster, so maybe it's down this way. Oh, no, no, now now they're hearing a ping, and maybe it's over here, and maybe it's over there. And it's like, come on, man, you who are you bullshitting, man? These stupid people. Every day are looking and going. I was one of them going to CNN. It's like you're not finding it, man. They're lying. They know something. They know something, man. There was some shit going on. I heard that. The, I mean, I don't want to fucking put blame on anybody, you know, especially that I'm, I do a show that, you know, uh, thousands of people listen to. That's right. I got thousands of listeners. But I don't want to put this out there. But, like, they were saying that there was some political figure guy that went to jail the day before that flight took off. And he was related to somebody or a pilot or something like that, you know. And who's to say? I don't know, but who's to say? Yeah, somebody made a good point. Somebody's like, what if they blew that thing to smithereens in the middle of the night in the sky? They just fucking blew it up. It's over the ocean. Nobody's going to see it or know anything. And then there's going to be like little pieces or it could have blown, you know, they could fucking have some heavy shit to blow it up. And then, then the ocean takes whatever little pieces are down. Maybe that happened. You know, but someone's got to know something. A fucking 777 does not vanish and disappear. And the stupid people are like, oh, what happened? Was it, was it fucking a magnetic, was it aliens? It's like, it's like, no, it, something happened. 
but I realized the other day, I'm like, I'm not looking at this anymore. I'm, there's no, there's no, when they kept changing the ocean location, that's when I know that you might as well just have a bunch of fucking Boy Scouts in a helicopter pointing. I mean, that's what you could do. You could just have a bunch of fucking kids going, what if it's over there? What if it's over there? It's the same fucking thing as these assholes in suits and, and NASA getting involved. It's the same thing. Nobody knows. Well, we think the plane was going this way, so the plane went this way and went. To, and it's like something needs to wash up after so long. Come on. So something's weird. They know something, or the plane landed somewhere, or the plane landed somewhere and the people were executed. You know, who knows? Nothing is that. Or the plane went up to knock everybody out, but the pilots had oxygen, then came down when everybody was knocked out and flew somewhere. You don't know. I don't want to say the pilots would do that. I'm totally, this is totally Hollywood movie hypothetical thinking, but anything could have happened. But the fact that they're just trying to say that they know where it is, until they find something and get a definite cause, I think people have been lied to. And I think even if something does come out in the future, I think with all these days gone by, I think the main important shit happened and they know about it and now in time they may find something and then just tell us oh this is what happened and then everybody puts it to bed it's bullshit man I would be more I mean I would be obviously most devastated I shouldn't say more I'd be most devastated of course if my family member was gone but now it's getting to the point where you're more devastated that you don't have a fucking answer about this gigantic airplane this gigantic airplane with two, almost 200 and whatever 30 something people on it yeah, yeah, it just fell in it. It's probably over here. And how does that guy get out there and just say, we know that it went down here and, and that's it? It's like, that. you can't do that. You don't know. Watch, probably as I'm do, doing this podcast right now, they probably have answers. But I, I just, I think that, I think that it's completely foolish. I think that it was a complete, there's a complete cover up somewhere. Somebody knows something. Those poor people on the plane, I just, you know, I, um, I don't know. I don't know. It's just the more time goes by and the more that they're saying this and then now, now they hear a ping and now they're putting little submarines under the, it, it's just, it's just something's not right. Something's not right, man. I, I believe that some shit went down. Something happened. I haven't, I, I, I personally believe that there was, and, and again, what the fuck do I know? I'm a comedian doing a podcast right now, okay? You know, I, I mean, I did a blowjob joke last night. What do I know? But I'll tell you, I think that I don't believe for a second, me personally, I do not believe that there was an explosion on the plane. I mean, I don't believe there was a fire on the plane. I don't believe, I think that this thing was calculated. The plane turned around and went and did something. Now they're saying that they have word that the co-pilot that the co-pilot was trying to make a cell phone call. Uh, you know, I believe, I mean, who knows? They're saying that maybe it was smoke and something like that. I believe that this plane, somewhere, somehow, somebody on there did something. It went somewhere. And then either the plane was, you know, shot down, landed somewhere, or something happened where they needed to, you know, that that there had to be a cover-up. But I don't buy for one second that this plane turned around, went down in the ocean, and nothing is found ever. I don't, I, I, I don't believe that. 
And people will say, well, what about that Air France? Well, the Air France, there were pieces that they found. They found the whole plane years later, but they, were, they, they saw things there. They saw, they, had, they, they knew that the plane had gone down. They had proof of that. And, and in this, they don't. You know, I mean, they're finding whales and saying it's debris. They're finding dead whales in the middle. Yeah, we found something. We found some seaweed. Yeah, it's just seaweed. But we know, you know, they know, we know we're down, they're down there. It's awful. It doesn't make any sense. And they're going to make a movie about it, I'm sure, but nobody knows. Nobody's got answers. I'm hearing wind. I just freaked out. Like, I'm sitting here talking about this, and even though it's not, like, scary, like, the wind is, like, blowing shit around outside, and it's freaking me out when I'm talking about this. Um... Okay, we're going to get into Unacceptable for the week. Then we will talk a little sports. Then I got a funny movie observation. Okay? And it involves Rocky, everybody. So I know Joe Mattery should be on this because he loves that shit. But uh, they did a Esquire channel, did a Rocky marathon. And I noticed something in the green room at Levity. And Ren Azizi and I were laughing about it. So I'll bring that up in a second. But first, let's get to Unacceptable for the week. Okay. Not as angry as uh, 154 Part 2, but unacceptable for the week for episode 155 is um, it's simple and it's a good kind of, I guess, keeping on the same theme of, of just telling the car dealership what you want. This has to do with when you're in a restaurant. When is the right time to get your drink order taken and have the drinks in front of you from when you and a buddy first sit down in a restaurant? Um, I went to Red Robin and I already praised Red Robin on their burger with the egg and the, um, and, and the bacon, the Royal or however they call it. Um, I also praised their onion rings, but we sat down and we were just starving and we thought we were going to see a movie. We sat down, waiter doesn't get to our table for about 10 minutes, no drinks, no napkins, no bread, no nothing. Just sitting there like a couple of hungry assholes. And then finally the guy goes, hey guys, I'm so sorry about that. And he literally was like, I'm not kidding. We had a waiter last night at Red Robin who was like in the movie Office Space. Remember Office Space, the kid who was excited to wear all that flair? He goes, oh, turn that frown upside down. Like I'm not even joking. This guy, me and Kimowitz were laughing. This guy was out of a movie. He goes, oh, hey, guys, how you doing? Well, sorry about that. Wait, but I bet you're hungry, huh? You're hungry. Yeah, well, we're, that's what we're here for. I'm not, even, I'm not even joking. That's what he was doing. It was so over the top. And he was like, are you guys? And we're like, oh, man, we're trying to make a movie in like 45 minutes. And he was like, well, no problem. I'll tell everybody in the back there. We'll get this going for you, all right? Ooh, good choice with that food. Yeah, that's really good. I mean, we, we, this guy was like so over the top but didn't get to the table for about eight minutes and apologize. Absolutely unacceptable. And I'm making a rule. And maybe it's happening because I'm getting older. Maybe it's happening because I have kids. I don't know. But here's my rule. Because I'm not old. Like I'm not like I'm not like need to eat because I'm shaking old. No, fuck that. I'm not, I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna say old because I'm, now I'm giving excuses to this. No, I'm, I'm. It's about respect and fucking going into a restaurant. I mean, I was a busboy at Applebee's and I remember this shit and I know the right way to do it. You do not sit down in a restaurant and wait 10 minutes before anybody comes up to you and you don't even get waters. Unacceptable. It is unacceptable and here's what I'm doing from now on. 
I'm doing a I'm doing a three minute rule from when I first sit down. If I don't get at least my drink order in, if nobody comes over, three minutes you got. If nobody comes over within three minutes and says, "Oh hell, well, welcome to so and so," can you know? Can I start you guys off with drinks? I don't need the drinks to come until about five minutes. Three minutes, the order gets put in. If the order is not put in in three minutes, I'm walking out. I'm gonna go to a manager and I'm gonna be like, "Look, I sat down here. I chose your place. We had a lot of places to choose from. Okay, there's a ton of shitty places in this place, and I chose your shitty place. All right." And I sat down here and I've been sitting here for minutes now and nobody even acknowledged us and nobody said anything. I'm leaving. There's nothing you could do. I just want you to know that you're losing my money and my service forever and I'm walking out. I'm coming after everybody, dude. Car dealerships, whoever's a dick. People that don't want to get up on airplanes, fuck them all. It's unacceptable. I want my drink within three, four minutes. I want ice. I want you to have a smile on your face. That's it. Call me a snob. Call me what you want. I'm tired of it. I got kids. I lost my mind one time. I was in a pizzeria holding my little boy when he was a year and a half. And the guy said, yeah, I'll get you a high chair. He didn't get a high chair for minutes. It sat with me for five months. And I went and I talked to a guy five months later. I go, yeah, let me talk to you outside. And as we're walking outside, the guy goes, you're not going to kick my ass, are you? That's how mad I was. It took me five fucking months. I couldn't get it off my chest. I, I called up. Yeah, I, I'm, I can't handle it. Unacceptable. I want my drink with ice in it and enough ice. Okay, give me a drink that makes me go, dude, you get good fucking drinks here. Okay, I want my drink with ice within three minutes or or order taken within three minutes. And if it's not sitting in front of me within five minutes from when me and whoever I'm with sit down, I'm out. Unacceptable. It is unacceptable. I need to sit there and, and just have nothing in front of me in this shitty establishment that you're lucky people are paying money for this shitty food. It's unacceptable. I, you know, and, and, and I believe the manager will try to give you something for it. And if you, you know, if you like the place and the place has been good before, fine, take whatever they give for free. But if it's a first time and here's the thing, this play, this red Robin's new, this red Robin is like a new, like they just opened it. And this is the same red Robin that me and my wife walked away from trying to go when we went to that shitty outback. I guess the moral of the story is don't eat in a mall unless you have a lot of time and don't care. Levity Live, the comedy club, I'm not just saying this because I work there and stuff. Their food is great. Their service is quick. It's great. Outbacks, Red Robin, all that shit, it's garbage. The waiter was so good that when he walked away, once Kimmel just goes, oh my God, shut the fuck up. Please just shut up. And I just started laughing. That's how over the top he was. He was like, oh, well, here's your, here's, your, uh, here's your checks, you know. And we're like, actually, we decided we're not going to go to the movie. Well, you know what, then? Sit back, relax, and, uh, you know, enjoy. It was, it, this, guy was like a, this guy was like an over-the-top pilot. Well, sit back, relax, you know, enjoy, just sit down and talk. Hey, whatever, you know. Hey, we're not, we're not going anywhere. It, it was just so ridiculous. So unacceptable waiting. We waited 10 minutes for the drink, almost walked out, but we were too hungry too. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, this is a good unacceptable. This is unacceptable. How many unacceptables happen during a week? I mean, I always give one, but think about it. I always give one that's highlighted, something that I need to talk about, something that's really... But if you think about it, you know, think about it. That lady on the plane and the guy who didn't get up, that was last unacceptable. And now this one, it's all within the same days. Basically, people just, you know... 
Imagine if I did an an acceptable, acceptable for the week. <laughs> the drinks came right away. That's acceptable. It wouldn't even be as you wouldn't even be able to do it. Somebody gave me a good unacceptable, and I forgot to mention it. Damn it! I'm gonna try to think about it or find it. Some of you guys have really good ones. It's just I get so pissed off with the one that I picked that um you know that I just you know I I just get go off on a tangent with it and everything like that but there's unacceptables all around us folks and I just feel we need to limit them I I might have told this story on the podcast before but if I did it was so so long ago but my older brother my older brother just uh, you know, for you new listeners, I'll tell the story again because it's one of my favorite stories about him. He was online at a customer service thing, and there was a person in front of him. And when the person in front of him finally got up to the line, the guy just asked for something or asked something about a videotape or something. And the lady at customer service, my brother said, was absolutely the rudest thing. Like she was like, "Sir, I told you," like just so fucking rude. And my brother just goes up next and he goes, I just want to tell you that if you ever talked to me the way you just talked to the last customer, I would take that videotape and embed it in your fucking head. And he just stared at her and she just fucking froze and got scared and my brother left. And I swear to God, I got the chills saying that that's how great it made me feel. Oh my God, isn't that great? Ugh. It's just, it just doesn't get better than that. If you ever talked to me the way you just talked to that last customer, I would take the tape and embed it in your fucking head and then just stare at her. The only thing that he should have done after that, which would have made it even that much better, if he said, just look over your shoulder when you leave work tonight. Like, that would have been good, because then she would have had to, like, be walked out by people and been scared and crying. And... <laughs> Oh, why? You know what? I've been on stage too much. People were saying, they were like, dude, when, you, when you're on stage too much, you need I need a break. I need to just be away from people. You know? People are so funny, man, and, and you get so appreciative at shows. But, like, so, just, the, like, the tactlessness, the, like, like, just the way people are just have so much, like, don't have enough, like, don't have tact, they don't get it, is so funny to me. You know, like I did, a, I did that podcast and a lot of people are coming up to me now about the podcast that I did with Burr because the, the two podcasts that I did um, with Burr, the Monday morning podcast, like, you know, they, they kind of like exploded. It was really big. And um, we didn't know if we were going to be able to top the Uzi, the time travel thing. And then all of a sudden that like he gets emotional thing, like everybody was going nuts for. But now people are coming up to me at shows and they start to get emotional. And some people get it right. Like they're just like, yeah, man, that emotional thing, man. You know, that was really funny. You know, and I'll laugh. or I'll, be, And then I'll even go back with them. And I'll be like, thanks so much for coming out. You know, and we'll joke. But like some people like don't know when to stop it. So like <laughs> this, this guy came up. This one guy came up to me and like he didn't stop the crying. He was just like, no, man, you came, thank you so much, dude, you came, and like, his, his, his girl was like trying to make him leave, and I just like laughed it off, and he was just like, no, this is me so much, and this and that, and then like I tried to laugh it off again, and this dude just kept, <laughs> this dude just, <laughs> this dude just kept doing it, he's 
you know, it really means. And then like, it got to the point where I didn't even want to joke with him because I felt if I was like, thanks for coming out, he would have been like, you know, so I'm hoping he got the point. But some people just like, it's just amazing to me that in this world with anything in life, some people get it and some people just don't get it. it it's It's amazing to me. And I guess at the end of the day, it's all how you're wired and it's all how you're raised and it all goes back to that. But is, isn't it amazing that some people, you like they have the gauge of, okay, it's time to stop talking. Okay, this this is this has run its course. Um, let's be done with this. I totally get the sense now is the perfect time to pull out, you know, to pull out of this. Um, and then there are people that just, if if you weren't that way, they would not stop. Long with me and Lawhead and Bartlett were doing this funny thing in uh, San Diego where we were talking about like an infomercial for for, for people that are long winded, and we were like, "Do you have long winded friends? Are your parties?" <laughs> getting less and less people because after you talk and like we we're doing this thing where like lawhead came up with this funny thing where like there's a system where like you look at all your words but then you scratch out the fat and you just get right to the point we were just crying of laughter it was really funny but some people just don't get it like after a show some people just don't get it or they'll say things or they'll just be like this it's like look you just saw a show you're either gonna like it or you're not going to like it, and that's fine. But please, sitting here talking to me about it, I'm not going to go home and go. But there are sometimes, like I, I will take, like there are certain, like I don't like, I don't look at reviews anymore. I don't. But there are certain things that I'll take critique-wise. Like somebody said to me one time, "Hey, when you play music." When you play music on your podcast, it's like muffled. And that's before I had like a, a good mic for this. And and then I listen. I'm like, you know what? They're right. There's no reason to there's no reason to do that. Like if it doesn't sound good and people are saying it, then that's fine. There was another time where like that time, I don't know what, I was like dehydrated. I was like licking my lips and swallowing and I listened to it and I was like, I can't, I can't even listen to it. How could I expect my listeners to enjoy me for, you know, an hour plus when I'm sitting there, you know, sounding like that. So like there are certain things like that, but as far as like, well, I'll never, I mean, compromise, no comedian should ever compromise on their content because of an audience member or anything like that. But you know, um, uh, yeah, some people just don't get it, man. I remember doing shows and people like I had a line of people to like, just shake my hand and say, thanks. And I forgot if I was selling something and somebody was just like, so now do you write your own? Like they wanted to have a full fledged conversation. Like when the show was letting out and I just wanted to look around, like, are you you fucking serious right now? Are you like, are you seeing what's going on here? Like all you have to do, if you have that question for any performer is just go stand on the side because the performer, wherever you are, the artist, musician, whatever whatever that performer is, is obviously standing there talking to people. So he or she is going to acknowledge you. So if you just stand on the side and wait and then come up and have a conversation, then it's up to them to you know, engage with you and then either cut it short or continue a long conversation. But to just start it while other people, that just means you're, not, you're missing something. And I don't understand those people. But anyway... Going back, I don't know how I got to that. Um, the, the unacceptable for the week. Not getting your drink within a certain amount of time. <laughs> okay. Um, sports, everybody. The Masters. 
one of the, my favorite things to sit and just watch and do nothing. But I'm home now. I had to spend some time with my son. You know, we're out there with a kite. We're out there running around. We're shooting rockets in the air. We're running after each other, having a great time. But every, like, for, like, 10, 15 minutes, I would run in, just put my feet up on the couch and watch the Masters. And uh, Bubba Watson, man, that was awesome. I got choked up, man, when his kid came out. And uh, Kimowitz, my manager, was there. And he goes, and me and Ren Azizi were sitting there. And my manager goes, oh, you guys love that. He goes, Verza, you you love that? Like that, yeah, that moment, man, when you have a kid and the kid's running out. I mean, that's just the greatest. That's the greatest. That must be the greatest feeling ever. Um, I already talked about the Yankees on the last one. It doesn't look like the Knicks are going to make the playoffs. It looks like the Atlanta Hawks are good. The Knicks deserve to not make the playoffs. I hope they go and watch all their friends in the playoffs and realize how shitty they were and that they need change. You know, I'm tired of the shit. Lazy Knicks don't play defense. It's a fucking joke. It's a joke. Just, just some shitty bullshit team comes into the garden and wins on a Friday night because the Knicks don't want to play defense and they want to shoot jumpers all night. Fuck them. They deserve to sit on the bench uh, or, or on the couch watching, watching you know, LeBron and Durant and real great players who actually play defense. My podcast is not big enough yet to have NBA players or, or, or a lot of NBA players listen. Maybe there's a couple out there, you know, who know about, you know, uh, podcasts that do talk about sports. But if anybody's listening to this, and if anybody knows anybody who knows the Knicks, just say, hey, guys, you like a good podcast that talks about sports? Listen to this. I want somewhere, somehow, somebody in the office, somebody that works there, I just want somebody at the Knicks to hear me say, I'm glad, as a Knicks fan, I was so disgusted with your play. I'm glad you don't have any games left because it would just be a disappointment like you were this year. It was an absolute disappointment and embarrassment the way you play basketball, the way you play defense. I got I got to watch a Nick game with my wife who's not even an NBA fan going, "How come they're not getting back on defense?" My wife said those words. Are you kidding me? I would rather watch a middle-aged fucking fat man play golf than watch the Knicks fucking, you know, on the last week of the regular season. You know how sickening that is to say? People on the golf course that you never heard of, they're fucking purple shirts and their guts hanging out and all this shit. They're wearing sunglasses. They're walking around like fucking bowlers and they're playing golf and you're into that more than watching guys dunking and some of the best athletes because they just suck and don't play defense and your wife is telling you that? That's, that's where the Knicks stand right now. Come on, Phil Jackson, do something for us. Do something. And why is Derek Jeter not playing two games in a row? Like, uh, you know, it's just, I, I just feel like, they're were they not telling us something? It's just, why, why would Derek Jeter on his last year, apparently healthy now, why is he not playing two games in a row when he would never do that before? Just tell us what it is. All right, let's get to movies now. That's sports. Um, all right, movies. I'm in the green room at Levity Live, and there's a Rocky marathon on. Matarese is psyched because, like, Rocky was, like, his dad growing up. Like, Rocky was, like, his hero. Um, 
<laughs> no offense to to him or his dad. I'm just saying, like he looks at it, like he even says on stage, like that was his inspiration as a man, like you know, with dreams was Rocky. So Rocky Four is on, and we're ro- watching Rocky Four, and we're all guessing Stallone's age. I'm like, how old do you think he is there? And I actually guessed that he was 37, and he was 38. Stallone was 38 in Rocky Four. So we're watching, and then we watch the scene where Drago is going to have the exhibition fight against Apollo, Carl Weathers, right? And it's obviously a sad scene. (laughs) It's obviously a sad scene because, you know, Apollo gets the shit kicked out of him to the point where, you know, he gets killed. (laughs) And I'm watching it, and for the first time, it's funny, the older you get... And the more knowledge you get and wiser you get in life, you start to recognize and see things and see things in in movies or bad movies or how they made a movie. And if you remember, during the scene or right before they're going to have that exhibition fight, Drago is already in the ring underground with just by himself. And then they open the floor and then they raise the ring up. And as the... (laughs) As the ring is getting raised up, he's just standing there and everybody is like, you know, waving American flags and like singing and pointing at him. And he's looking around like a scared rescue dog. (laughs) And I'm thinking to myself, they're humiliating this fucking guy. And then Apollo is dancing with James Brown, like pointing at him. And he's just standing there in the middle of the ring. And I'm saying, no wonder why you fucking killed him. He's probably sitting there. Just they're basically teasing this guy and they're throwing American flags and he's looking around and then Ren Azizi, I got tears in my eyes right now because this shit is so funny. <laughs> Ren Azizi goes, yeah, he goes, that's a good point because I go, no wonder why he fucking killed her. And Ren Azizi starts laughing and he goes, yeah. And he goes, and where are his trainers? Like nobody in his corner, they're just letting this guy stand there getting humiliated, coming up in the ring. And... And I'm thinking, no wonder why. And it actually made me feel better about the scene. Like, I'm thinking of Apollo just bullying this guy. And I don't care because he's American and I don't like the Russian, of course. But I'm obviously rooting for the guy in my country. But they just humiliated this guy. They're singing at him. They're pointing at him. And I'm kind of like, fuck, dude. No wonder. Like, think about, put put you or your son in that situation. And you're in some foreign land and your son just gets lifted up or you just get lifted up and everybody's pointing at you and like talking shit to you. And then the guy you're fighting comes out with James Brown and they're pointing at you. Wouldn't the first thing in your mind be, oh my God, how great would it be if I fucking killed this guy right now? And just everybody was in horror and there's blood everywhere and I just beat the fuck out of him. Like that would make all this go away. <laughs> oh my God, it's, 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 it's. It, and when Ren Azizi was like, where are his trainers? It, it's so true. Like, they just let him. And then here's another funny thing in the movie. They try to stop him from hitting Apollo. And he takes the ref and pushes the ref and then keeps going to kill Apollo. Like, like it was like the WWE, you know, where and, and they don't disqualify him or they don't do anything. And then... You know, and then he's allowed to say if he dies, he dies. Like while the guy's dying, they're giving him an interview. Like they're they're the guy's on the ground, clearly fucking like dying. And he's like, Yeah, if he dies, he dies. And like they're like, Yeah, we got word he might be dead. It was it was really ridiculously done, if you think about it. So that was just a funny observation we had with Rocky Four. I hope I didn't ruin it because Rocky Four changed my life. I'm not even kidding. Rocky Four changed my life. 
it was like the equivalent to like Eddie Murphy Raw doing doing stand up. Like that's Rocky Foreman. You it makes you, yeah, he makes you feel you know. Plus I'm five foot eight. I'm half Italian. You know, he's beating up everybody like, you know, like you know what I mean? Like I think anybody with heart or, or you know, wants that inspiration and, and wants to see that. So that's what Rocky Four gave me, but really ridiculous how it went down. So uh hope you enjoyed that little nugget. All right, we are fifty one minutes in. We got the unacceptable in for the week. Beating up car dealerships because I'm about to get a car. Um, we, we talked some football. We talked some sports. Uh, I got some plugs. I got some other shows that I didn't mention on the other one. You can check paulverzi.com for the uh, other dates. But uh, I will be... The band is getting back together. Uh, Bill Burr is coming on the East Coast, and uh, it's going to be in my neck of the woods or close. Vermont, Albany, and Portland, Maine. And that is on the uh, 25th, 26th, and 27th. Um, We are doing the State Theater. In I don't know. You know what? Check my website. My website's got everything, but I know I am with Bill Burr in um, Vermont on the 25th. Two shows in Portland, Maine on the 26th, and then after that is uh, Albany. I will be in Albany, New York, which is not far from my house here in uh, northern Westchester County. So check out those shows. Uh, it's the same show that we were doing, or, or, you know, it was just basically, I shouldn't say same show because we're doing new shit, and there's be other shit, but it's the, you know, me and him two-man show that we did in Canada recently, and it's just been a great time. So you could check that out, and then the other shows that I mentioned on the next, last podcast, New York City, uh, Stand Up New York, and The Stand, and The Laughing Devil this week. So uh, that's, what's, uh, that's what's going on. Uh, please go to my Twitter. Twitter feed is at Paul Verzi. It's V-I-R-Z-I. The Twitter numbers are going up, and if you spread the word, they can go up even more. Thank you to everybody who has jumped aboard. Uh, I My numbers of the podcast are higher than they've ever been, and I appreciate it. So um, keep them coming, and uh, I'm going to have some guests on. I got a couple of people, but um, a couple of people you guys asked for. I just don't know if geographically that's going to work. Um, if it can, great, but, um, what can I say? I don't want to travel around with a bunch of fucking equipment. I'm a comedian, not a fucking sound engineer. I, you know, I just talk into the microphone and have a good time with you guys, but keep those reviews coming and, um, that's it. If you guys have any, uh, please get back to me on any, uh, cars that you like and, um, oh, by the way, somebody who said, somebody said, a good cigar, and I can't remember who it was, and you messaged me. If you're listening to this right now, please message me the cigar that you said. I didn't know if it was an acid or uh, or which which brand it was. Um, one cigar that I tried in California, which was unbelievable, was a brand called My Father, and it was great. So that's a little piece of information. Um, this is actually perfect timing because my little girl is starting to... My little girl is starting to cry, and she's waking up from a nap, but I got two out for you guys today, so um, thank you again. Uh, 
Next Monday, I will have uh, Sunday night or Monday, I will have episode 156 out. This has been 155, and uh, 154 part two was already out today. So you got those two. All right, everybody. Thanks so much. I hope you enjoyed it. Sorry if I ruined Rocky Four for you for life, but it's hilarious. Next time you watch the scene, just be like, yeah, how is that even allowed? And um, I will uh, talk to you guys soon. Take care. Be well. Um, and I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Um, no, that's it. Talk to you guys soon.